the idea is, is that if we want someone to look happy in the photo, we have to give them something happy to do. Or if we want them to so look that makes intimate them feel happy. in a photo, we have yeah, to give yeah. them something that makes them feel that intimacy. So yeah, we, we usually start our photo shoot and, and we've also taken a page from, you know, the least self-conscious part of the population, which is children, right? Children are the least self-conscious yeah. about having their photos taken until their parents train them to be conscious about it. Smile. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hold your breath. And but before that, the, yeah, the kids are, su- so we want to get our clients, especially at the beginning of that photo shoot into that childlike state of mind. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My guests today have both been named the best wedding photographer in the world by places like Fearless Photographers, Junebug Weddings, International Wedding Photographer of the Year, and their approach to photography and documenting moments in people's lives is so refreshing. Um, And we dive deep into that in today's conversation. I'm talking with Erica and Lanny Mann of Two Man Studios They are based out of Canmore, Alberta, Canada. Today, we get into how to mentally be present while taking photos, trusting in your own process, that's for you, Lanny, and using your actions to evoke your client's emotion. Um, So let's get into this great conversation with Erica and Lanny Mann. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Erica, Lanny. I am very excited to talk to y'all today. Um, Been... I mean, I've been following y'all for like years and then was very excited to that y'all were at a conference that I went to a couple of years ago and y'all are like super down to earth. And I was like, okay, cool. They're like real people. Um, And not like some of the, some photographers that I've met that, you know, have a big following or whatever, whenever I meet them, like, oh yeah, you're just like a niche, uh, you know, click kind of we don't really talk to the commoners, oh. uh, but y'all were totally down. Like, give me a hug and everything. We are commoners, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all are. We we are all commoners. Not, yeah. We, we think that we all are. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having us. Yes, and thank, thank you for you. asking. Yeah. Yeah. Love this sort of stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. I mean, obviously, I do this like every week. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Hey, Nada. Good to see you uh, watching us live right now. Um, but yeah, well, uh, so for anyone who doesn't know Two Man Studios, doesn't know Erica and Lanny, give me a little bit of background on on y'all, where you're based, what you love taking photos of. Okay. Ooh. Well, we live in uh, Canmore, Alberta, which is um, a, a small mountain town outside of Calgary, right near, right near Banff. So, you know, we're, we're looking out the window at snow-capped mountains right now. Yeah, actually, <laughs> there is snow on it, and there's a snowfall warning for tonight. So you know, we live in the, the cold north. 
Yeah. Um, we've been photographing weddings basically since Timmy was born. Our business yeah. is kind of the same age as our son. So uh, <laughs> <Yes>. 11 years. <laughs> uh, it grew really quickly right at the beginning. Um, and I got to say, we don't, you, you, one of your questions was, what do we love taking photos of? Um, which is the, we don't have a simple answer to anything, but especially that question. Uh, well, but, but at that time when we started, uh, I guess a wedding photography business unbeknownst to us, because we weren't even trying to <laughs> weddings was not what we loved to photograph. Mm-hmm. Like specifically it was not, we were not drawn to it in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd still say we're not drawn to well, photograph not, weddings. Yeah, certainly not the way we did at the beginning. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember that first wedding. It was just a friend's wedding, and she asked us to shoot, shoot her wedding because she knew that we were kind of knew what we were doing with our cameras. Because um, Eric and I basically used used photography to tell stories of our mountain adventures, skiing and climbing, and bringing our cameras along. So anyways, um, after after that wedding, we were just like never again. We were <laughs> so out of our elements and just. Um, I mean, we were trying to be what we thought wedding photographers are supposed to be. (laughs) Um, And which is part of the reason we hated it so much, Uh, you know, um, and and then, so then that was the start of the snowball for us. Um, It just started to, to, to grow from there. And thankfully, slowly, we learned to um, change our approach and, and see beneath the, uh, the beneath surface. The yeah. The surface of the weddings, like, and we learned how to just be photographers at weddings versus trying to be wedding photographers mm-hmm. and do what wedding photographers do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that was, so I, I got burnout with weddings in like 2018. I've been mm-hmm. doing it for about five years. I had just shot like about a hundred weddings at that point. And yeah, I had, I was, I was pushing to get, cause I was like following photographers that were like, Oh yeah, I have 60 weddings this year. I was like, I want to get up to 60 weddings. Yeah. I want to be a professional. Yeah. Um, and then realized it was very quick burnout, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I was doing the same thing where I was wanting to be like trying to be what I saw or what I thought a wedding photographer was instead of being a photographer and like telling a story, but I happened to be at a wedding. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that was, that was like the shift for me that changed it from, uh, I have like a 12 hour wedding today to, I get to go hang out with people for 12 hours and like tell their story and see these relationships and learn about people that I have no idea anything about them. Um, and really just like kicked up that, uh, that passion for weddings, um, which is now just like an all time high. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it becomes, it can become more like play than work. Yes. Right? 100%. I mean, obviously not everyone, obviously not the entire way. <laughs> right. Times when it absolutely feels like work. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, but when it does feel like play, that's definitely when it's the most fun. And usually when we're making our best work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which y'all had mentioned this. Um, so for the listeners, I, I took, um, Erica and Lanny's, uh, or you're, you did a workshop in 2020, like right at the, 
beginning of the the pandemic and shutdown and yeah, everything. Ooh, it was just, yeah, deconstructed. And it was all online. And I took that because I had been wanting to go to one of your in-person workshops for years. And I was like, all right, this is a this is a way I can go to a workshop like from my couch. This will work. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and I loved it. And and we then took, stuck at home. Yeah, everyone was stuck at home. It was like the yeah. perfect time for an online uh workshop. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. And then I took y'all's uh two-man university um, this this year. And yeah. and one of the things in Two Man U that I really loved was y'all talked about how slow is fast. Mm. And that was like a game changer for me where, because uh, I like, especially engagement sessions, couple sessions, I was always like, okay, we have an hour. I want to get you as many photos as I can. And let's oh, go yeah. here. Let's go over to this location. Shoot, shoot, shoot. We'll do this. Uh, and just like rushing through everything to get them a hundred, 150 photos, whatever. Cause I thought that was the value of it. Um, and then like the slow is fast mentality. I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. Like the next engagement session I had where I was able to slow down a little bit and like think, and I was more creative and I was like, there was more connection with them. And I found like they were having more connection together rather yeah. than just like, okay, we're going to do this pose real quick. And then we're going to go over to this other pose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved, I love that. That was one of my, one of my big takeaways from, from two. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting to hear because it's always so different for everyone. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, there's that one thing you know, in, in the entire semester, right. sometimes right. it just boils down for someone to, to some one little thing, mm -hmm. right? Slow is fast, less yeah. is more or, or whatever. Right. I mean, there's so many concepts and so much, you know, so many things that we dive into, but there often seems to be kind of like something or a few things that is, is the switch for somebody. And it's yeah. so different for, for so many different photographers. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, and, um, yeah, that slow is fast. I mean, that's even just you describing that portrait session where you're going from spot to spot to spot. I mean, mm -hmm. just you describing that, I observed my heart rate go up. Like literally, <laughs> my hands are getting sweaty. Stressful. And because we all know that feeling as photographers, and it's not like it's not like we have learned that slow is fast, and then we all instantly switch to this different way of shooting. Cause I mean, Lani and I still have to remind ourselves of that all the time because we, we catch ourselves doing the same thing, right. Thinking mm -hmm. we need to have, we need to occupy every single minute mm -hmm. of the photo shoot. We need to provide direction all the time. And sometimes we just have to look at each other and breathe, breathe, <laughs> like just slow down, breathe. It's okay. Like it's okay if we miss this shot in order to get this one, like just, but and there's, there's different mental cues, you know, everyone has something that helps turn that switch in their brain to breathe mm -hmm. and, and relax. Um, yeah. So, but it's absolutely true. And still oh, yeah. we have to remind ourselves of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like just giving myself the, the permission to slow down and just put my camera down by my side and talk to them uh, as uh, recently, I just uh, had uh, an engagement shoot a couple of days ago. And for probably two or three minutes, I was like, I'm really interested in doing something with this tree over here. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Give me a couple of minutes. I want to go figure something out. And just yeah. that was something I would have never done before. I would have been like, oh, they're just yeah. going to be like 
this is this is two minutes. Yeah, we're we're losing photos well, here. And I think like the the problem is the reason we're like that in our photo shoots is because we're like that in our life, right? So. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, something happened last week that sort of really shone a light on this to, for me, you know, Timmy was biking off to school and he's like, mom, come look at the sunrise. And I went out and I, the sunrise was amazing. Like all the clouds were cotton candy pink. And I was like, wow, this sunrise is amazing. So I did what we all do is I went and grabbed my phone and I snapped a picture and then I went and sat down at my desk. Right. So I ticked it off. And then sat down on my desk. And then I'm like, what the hell? Like, there's this amazing sunset. I saw it, but I didn't experience it. And that's what we do as photographers is we see something, we snap a picture of it, and we think we've got it. And instead, we really, what you did, right? You needed to put your camera down. You need to experience what it is you find interesting and then capture the beauty. And that's the difference between capturing the pretty and capturing the beautiful, right? Like, yeah. and wedding photographers, we get we get put into this trap of capturing the pretty and we get distracted by the pretty, just like I got distracted by that sunset. But after I sat down at my desk, I went and decided I'm going to spend 10 minutes and watch the sunrise and watch the sunrise and experience it. And we got to bring that same quality to our photo shoots. But first we got to implement it into our lives. And then right. it's going to be so much right. easier to implement into our photo shoot. Cause it's another level at a photo shoot because you've got that added sense of pressure um, mm-hmm. to perform. Yeah. Right. And, and not just perform in the results, but to like put on a performance, right. You've got your clients, you're managing their, you know, their experience and you feel like, okay, I'm the one in charge here. I got to be running the show and I got to be directing every minute when really we're just projecting, projecting that. I mean, our clients don't do photo shoots very often. We're the experts, right. Right? We set the vibe, we set the tone. Mm-hmm. And so if we can like, if we can chill and calm down, you know, when you see that tree, yeah. Like often you'll we'll feel like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. So let's move on. Like, let's go do something where I know. So you fall into your comfort zones, but mm-hmm. we can breathe and just go and experience the tree start to figure something else. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's try this. And then you kind of bring the clients into that creative process. They get to see you in your creative process and they appreciate that. Um, yeah. but we're projecting this feeling of, Oh, they're judging us or, Oh, they're, yeah. you know, they're not, <laughs> they're, they're honored to be there a part of this. Yeah. With right. us. Yeah. Or like worried, what if I don't come up with anything with this tree and I've just yeah. wasted two minutes and now we're going back to whatever I was going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Laugh at it with them. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll often, um, you know, say things along the lines of, Hey, I've got an idea for something. Uh, it might really suck. <laughs> Can we give uh-huh. it a try? And they're always game. Right. Yeah. So as I think it helps to just be open and honest with them about it. It's like, it's not always one click boom. There's a process here. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of having a, comp- a confidence in your unknowing. Right? Like I remember when we first started shooting, you know, a lot of the workshops I went to would say things like you never show the client that, that your failures or you never show, you know, you never go up and, or say, Oh, well that's not working or, but we take the exact opposite approach. Like if someone looks awkward, I'll be like, this pose isn't working. We look really awkward here. Right. And but well, we're not projecting it on them, right? No. Like, of course, we don't want to right. make them feel 
conscious about it, but more of like a collaborative, let's work together and figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More of like, okay, this, this pose isn't, isn't for you. Let's, yeah, let's do totally something different. The, our best friend, right? And I'm not going to like oh, go yeah. and show them the failures. I'm not going to be like, here's where, yeah. but yeah. I'm happy to admit when something doesn't work out and have confidence in the fact that it doesn't work out, which is really kind of tricky as a photographer, especially at the beginning, because we think that mm -hmm. competence and confidence, you know, are the same thing, but they're not. Right. No. And then no. when it is working, they, they believe you. Like when we, when we actually get excited about it, it's like, okay, they, this must be really cool now. Right. Because yeah. they can see how we're really feeling. Right. And it's not just like the, the whole BS, like, Oh, y'all look amazing. This is so good. And they're yeah. like, yeah, you probably love it. To love it. Love it. Work it. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Okay. And you can totally tell when someone's faking it, when they say that, like, I, I, you Unless know, when I go really into a dressing actor. room, if I'm like at a store trying on clothes and I come out and the salesperson is like, oh, that's so cute. I'm like, you are so full of shit. This uh -huh. does not fit me. Like, whereas the person that really cares is like, that doesn't quite fit well here. Right. So let's try something else. Yeah. That might not be the best cut for you. Let's, <laughs> let's try this other thing that yeah. will, will even look better. Yeah, um, exactly. Cause there have yeah. definitely been poses that I've put couples in or had them do something I'm like, all right, well, let's do something different. Like that just didn't quite work out, you know, but, yeah. but we're going to, we're yeah. going to do something even better now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you said, that, that builds that trust and that, that confidence in you as a photographer that they're like, okay, cool. Yeah. They, they said that that didn't work out, but you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're confident that they can do something different. Yeah. And it's not just saying like, you know, you're, you're awkward or you exactly. look you're weird so in this photo. It's just like, well, this works for most couples, yeah. but it's not working for you. Right. Yeah. We can't do that side profile right now. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. Okay. One of the, so one of the uh, I was just in, oh, sorry. No, oh, no, you go, John. Oh, oh no, you go. You cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to mention that one of the things that I always, tr um, end up mentioning to our couples, like at an engagement session, like if we're talking about portrait sessions, um, often that's our first experience with our, with our clients, like with cameras before yeah. their yeah. wedding. And I always try to just reassure them that the wedding, like this is inherently contrived, right? We're out making portraits and that's like 5% of your wedding day, just to like, you know, let them, let them know that it, it feels awkward for everybody at the start of a portrait session. And then mm -hmm. the wedding is a real event that we're actually <laughs> documenting. And it's not going to be like, it's not going to be like portraits. Right. Right. Yeah. And like setting that expectation is huge. Um, because as like you said earlier, they don't, a lot of times their engagement session, their portrait session is the first time they've ever stepped in front of a like professional camera first time they've yeah. been directed and posed to do things. So if you set the expectations of, Hey, this is going to feel weird. Like there yeah, are professional normal. models that like they get paid to do this and that's why they don't yeah. feel weird or at least why they don't look like they feel weird because they're getting paid. Like they know how to do it. We, we commoners, we don't know what this is to get in front of a camera. Like I'm around cameras years and I still like freeze up and I have to like tell myself in my head like okay like stand like this I'm gonna turn this way and like yeah. going through the poses in my mind because I still 
get awkward in front of the camera. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure Landy and I are probably like, <laughs> it would be really hard to photograph. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, we've, we've realized that our most important job at, at portrait sessions is to take that inherent self-consciousness mm. and get rid of it. So like the whole, that, that informs our whole approach to the session and the flow of energy through the things that we do, the poses or actions we give them to try to break that down and get them just connecting, feeling, remembering versus thinking about, am I doing the right thing Mm -hmm. in front of the camera? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there certain things that you do in order to break that down? Cause I know like some people are just, they're super, super awkward. They don't know what to do with their hands. And it's just, uh, you know, are, are there some, like kind of steps that y'all put into motion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pretty much sure. every photo so, shoot. Well, and it all stems from this idea that our actions control our emotions. So our emotions don't control our actions. Our actions control our emotions. And that, so very on in our career, I did a workshop with an acting coach and I have a, a, a background a little bit in improv as well. So the idea is, is that if we want someone to f- look happy in the photo, we have to give them something happy to do. Or if we want them to look intimate in a photo, we have to give them something that makes them feel that intimacy. So yeah, we, we usually start our photo shoot and, and we've also taken a page from, you know, the least self-conscious part of the population, which is children, right? Children are the least self-conscious about having their photos taken until their parents train them to be conscious about it. Uh But before that, Yeah. The kids are suit. So we want to get our clients, especially at the beginning of that photo shoot into that childlike state of mind, that childlike state of mind where they're thinking about playing and they're thinking about having fun as opposed to having their photo taken. So we start off with sort of really high energy actions of like, you know, spin around in a circle three times and run in for a hug or, um, just run slow motion to each other across the field to the chariots of fire soundtrack and then embrace or and we're shooting you know, try through all and, that try and yeah. like stand back to back and touch each other's noses and rarely i would say do we get any workable shots from those pro- prompts but getting them into that state of play and into that state of just having fun together at the beginning of the shoot mm-hmm. it breaks down those barriers and that residual energy carries us through to the rest of the shoot. And then once, once we get past that, then we can go into some more deeper prompts, like where we're, we're, you know, they're being more intimate with each other or they're talking about what they love about each other, but we have to, we always start very strategically with those really high energy childlike, like games. And that that's done more than anything for our photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's practice, right? Again, it is uncomfortable doing that. Um, I tend to do the majority of those prompts because Lanny's never been left alone to shoot without me. And so he falls, but he, oh, I do he would the, like to I do on weddings. What's that? But not without you. At, at oh, weddings. I just meant with, with uh, portraits. No, no. Right. So, you know, even Lanny's still really uncomfortable with that because he's never practiced it because I'm always the one doing that, that part. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get him some practice on that so he can get comfortable with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it is, it is something like I'm still getting comfortable with it. Cause yeah. I've, I've taken that, like spin three times, run toward each other, you know, like stand 
over by these two trees and then like meet in the middle. Like you just haven't, you know, you're, it's in the nineties and you're like at the, at the gate of a airport and yeah. <laughs> haven't seen each other in six months sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and Wrong those, like, yeah. Wrong oh, that's yeah. such a good one. I'm going to use that one. Yeah. You can, you can take it. Um, maybe I'll change it to the eighties. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're like arriving to the airport and they, they come off the plane. And then, and, they- and then it's got the slow motion and then like the pickup and spin. <laughs> that's, and That's even better than chariots of fire. <laughs> that's that great one. visual. That's great. Cool. cool. But yeah, like in those, you know, uh, like you said, you, you might get a few workable shots out of it, but it does. Cause I've noticed that since I've started implementing that, it breaks down that awkwardness barrier oh, of totally. I don't know what to do. And, yeah. you know, do my arms look okay? And, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And then they're more of just kind of chilling and wow. you, you can tell them to, to do things and they're much more um, relaxed about it yeah. than trying to hold a certain way that their neck looks, uh, what they think yeah. looks good yeah. in the mirror. Um, well, and I find like, cause we do have a lot of photographers ask us, you know, well, what do I do with awkward couples? And I said, if they're the, all awkward, I said, well, <laughs> basically, inherently, right. Basically if the couple's feeling awkward and scared, it's because you're awkward and scared, which is more, most of the time, like, obviously there's yeah. times where, but the, some are more challenging than others. Some sure. are more challenging than others. Like, definitely. Yeah. There's some couples we have to work a lot harder with to break down those barriers, but Generally speaking, if we're feeling uncomfortable, that's projected onto the couple. Like um, they mirror what we're feeling or how we're acting. And so if we're stressed, like if we go into it with priority one being, I got to get epic photos, (laughs) right? That's pressure. That's Uh right. We're going to project that. But if we can flip that around in our brain and say, okay, my job is just to make this fun for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, and the, what I did, what happens in the camera is secondary, at least at the start, it is. right? It is secondary. It's an easy mental switch and it turns it into it more playful for, for us and for them. Yeah. Um, and then we can get into, okay, well, now let's. <clears throat> and then something. their photos actually remind them of what they were feeling as well on the photo yes. shoots. Yeah. Reminding them of the pose or like, yeah. I, like if we can create a feeling associated with the photo. An experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they look at the photo, they remember that. And that's so much bigger than photography and so much more important than the photo, really. Like, oh, the yeah. Photos are a byproduct of the experience that we're giving them. And yeah. I think we have to think of it as that. Like, yes, we're photographers. Yes, we're delivering photos, but that's a byproduct of. Yeah, if we if we a much bigger thing that we're giving them. If we deliver an extraordinary photo from an experience that was painful (laughs) versus a good photo from an extraordinary experience, right? right? I mean, how that how that uh photo is experienced Mm -hmm. uh is those are worlds apart, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like those prompts where you have them like in their sexy voice whisper their favorite cereal or something. And I'm like, that's just going to remind them like, oh yeah, you were like sexily saying fruit loops in that photo. And like, that's what it's bringing them back to. Yeah. But if you can like cultivate that kind of relationship with them to where they can, you know, they're having an experience and they're almost forgetting that you're there because they're just wrapped up in each other. Yeah. um, Then they look at those photos and they're just like, oh, that was such a fun day. Like I loved 
I loved what we were doing and I loved, yeah. you know, that we were celebrating our love and we're getting yeah. married soon. And yeah. like, that's what it brings them back to instead yeah. of like, oh yeah, we were going back and forth with different, you know, soda brands or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, even before we deliver the photos, right. If they can walk away from that session, mm-hmm. um, like, wow, that was fun. Like we connected, right. When's the last time we connected like that? Right. It's an excuse for them to have an experience that they rarely have. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if you're doing like couples portraits for parents and it's like a date mm-hmm. night out and none of the kids are there and it's just something special, like an anniversary session. And then they have that moment where they're just like inches away from each other's face. They're like, when was the last time that oh, we were totally. this close to each other without kids hanging on us? Yeah. And like, mom, I want a juice and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. Hey y'all, quick break to talk to you about one of the tools that has completely changed my business for the better. And that is my CRM Tave. Tave is the most customizable studio management system for photographers. They have everything under one roof um, from embedded contact forms that auto generate into new leads to income reports, lead source reports, profit and loss statements, very detailed revenue breakdowns, anything that you want to keep up with your numbers they've got reports for it. They have built-in contract templates, questionnaires for your clients, easy invoicing and quotes. It is so much. Um, They also, like my favorite part, they have these auto-populated tokens. So in emails, you can put client's first name or ceremony address or even specifics down to like maid of honors, Instagram handle, and it'll auto-populate it so you don't have to figure out which spelling of Caitlin is correct for this bride. So go to lightdarkco.com slash Tave, and that's T-A-V-E, to double your 30-day trial to make it a 60-day trial. And you'd think maybe Tave is like 60 bucks a month or something from all those customizations. No, you can pay as little as 22 bucks a month, which is a lot less than a lot of other CRMs that I've used in the past that didn't do half of this stuff. So again, lightdarkco.com slash Tave, T-A-V-E. Check out Tave and let the power of customization grow your business. Uh, Erica, you had mentioned, you know, kind of getting them into that childlike state of just wander and, and, and not being super awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and y'all have mentioned in, uh, in two man, you and, and, you know, other places that, uh, that that's important for us as photographers as well to get into that childlike state of curiosity and wonder like while we're taking photos, which like y'all your, your presentation at creative a couple years ago was just like where everyone was just like holding hands at the end with our right. closed and yeah, it was like, like a, like a, <laughs> a band. I know that it, it was so good. It was was so powerful. Like I was sitting there next to my friend Wyeth and we're just like holding hands and both of us are just like crying. Like I want to be a child again, taking this. And it was, it was so good. But that like, it stuck with me because as photographers, a lot of times we like, uh, like Lanny, you were saying, we go into a photo shoot thinking I want to get this epic photo 
or mm-hmm. I want to, I want to recreate this thing that I saw from someone else and like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, set them up with like some crazy silhouette up against the sky. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking for that the whole time instead mm-hmm. of um, allowing yourself to have that curiosity and wonder and let your mind go on those things where where you're like, okay, let's go try this thing. I don't know if it's going to work. Could be yeah. crap. I don't know, but, but I'm, I'm curious about it. Um, do, do y'all want to like go into that a little bit more? I know y'all are, you know, the, the professionals in that, but that <laughs> like stuck with me a lot oh, yeah. out of my adult head and into childlike wonder again. Well, I think there's, there's two aspects I'm going to talk about. One I think is trust. Um, and I'm not talking about trust between people here, but trust that um you're going to you're going to find something interesting in the unknown okay because i feel like as photographers we feel like the more control we have over the situation the the more competent we are the more confident that we are and the better photos we're going to get and in my opinion that couldn't be further from the truth although my conventional wisdom tells me this and most people's conventional wisdom tells them that the more control they have the better they're going to be at their profession but really the less control we have the more potential there is right the more potential that lies more way more potential lies in the unknown than in the known yeah. and so it's it's having this confidence and lack of control which is hard. Like it, I mean, it's easy for me to say, sit here. Like it's, it's like a power that comes from unknowing, but it's really hard to put into practice. Um, and it's it's uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Control is, is comfort for us. That's, you know, that's why we have this, we seek that control. We seek the formulas. We want to know that's why like early on we would storyboard our portraits. Okay. We're going to go there and then we're going to do this. And then we're going to go here and oh shit, the light's different now. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, um, I'm gonna take them to the shadows because the shadow, open shadows are comfortable, and that's yeah, easy exactly. lighting. And yeah. yeah, I I was terrified of harsh light. Yeah, I, it was just like I don't know what to do with this. Sometimes I get good photos. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're crap. I don't know. And I would just stick to the shadows, and that like really limited what I was able to do. Until yeah, exactly. I forced myself to shoot in a harsh light and I was like, I'm going to schedule a photo shoot for like 1 PM. And then, uh, you know, not a paid one. And just trust and trust that it's going to be okay. Like trust that you're going to find something. It might take a little bit longer than normal, but Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that trust is, is, uh, is a really important aspect to like, and, and I get nervous before at every wedding day. I'm like, what if this wedding isn't interesting? What if, yeah. what if, uh, there isn't, you know, any moments, what if there's no connection? What if there's no chemistry, but I just got to trust that this wedding is going to be what it is. And it's going to be full of unpredictable moments. And that's, what's going to make this wedding, this wedding. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not, re- that really doesn't have anything to do with being well, I don't know how that's related to childlike curiosity. Um, well, I mean, I, I find personally for me, when I'm doing things in my life that uh, can sort of help, I, I kind of think of that as like your inner, your, your subconsciousness that, you know, 
we talk about get back into that childlike wonder or become the child. Yeah. Like you are still that child. That's still, that's you, right? Yes. You've had all these life experiences on top of that, but that's still you. It's still in there. And I feel like when the subconscious mind kind of gets to shine through, that's when we, we feel that um, it's different for all of us, but I know the things that bring that out in my life, um, nature, fresh air, exercise, um, all, all of these things. I know when I do them, and Eric, it's just like what Erica talked about, our, our actions, um, our actions determine our emotions. Mm-hmm. We think it's the other way around. We think like, you know, when I'm feeling a certain way, I'll do these things. But if I do these things, I feel a certain way. So, um, I try to, as much as possible in life, do those things, you know, before and after our, our weddings, because it, it does inform the work we make as photographers, because it, it helps me. If I go into a wedding where I've been doing the, doing these things, right. Um, my mindset is more where it needs to be than if I'm just, you know, just been scrambling to survive and not getting out exercising, eating like shit. Um, yeah. 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 Sorry. I I was just going to say it is like, when I think about it with regards to the childhood, you know, it is, you know, they do have that trust, right? They, they sit down with a piece of paper and pencil crayons. They don't know what they're going to draw, but they just start drawing or they sit down with the Lego bin and they don't know what they're going to build, but they just start putting things together and they don't worry about it being good. And I think that's, that's our problem is we label things as good and bad. And photography is not, it's, it's like what you, you said something earlier that made me think of this, but if, you know, we don't come up with a good idea and then execute it. We take a whole bunch of shitty photos and they eventually we build on them and they eventually turn into something that may or may not be good, but yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and just like the kids with the Legos, they may start building something and then be like, I don't like this and then just shift it and take some pieces from over here and then add them over here. And now it's not a tower, it's a truck. And then it's like not being so laser focused on this is what I'm going to get out of this photo shoot. This is what the end goal is going to be, but like, it's okay. If you, if you completely change, like I've, I've gone to locations where I'm like, well, we're probably going to shoot over here by this tree. And like, there's this nice ranch ranch fence and people like that. And then we get there and like, we're not even going on that side of the park yeah. right now. Like yeah. this is, this is what's calling me. This is going to yeah. be different. The light is over here, whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's, um, you know, a, a, a um, process, not process. That's a process focused mindset. Process. Proce- In Canada, we say process. It's a process focused mindset versus results focused. And I think what, what is common for adults, common for photographers is to focus on the results more. Um, and whereas if we, if, you know, if you, if you want to emulate somebody's work, it's one thing to go and let's, let's emulate their results. And that's what we see, right? We consume results every day. And so often we'll set out to, um, to emulate something or replicate something. But if you want to emulate something, emulate their process, do the things that they do, um, at during their shoots in their life that right work that that's involved in getting to those results. Um, and so I find personally, when I like talk about trust, when I trust in our process 
at a wedding, if I, if I trust it, that if I do the right things, the results are going to take care of themselves mm-hmm. versus worrying about the results, worrying about the end photos, what the blog post is going to look like in the end. Mm-hmm. If I can just trust in my process, do the right things and it'll take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And it, it does when I do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't when I get hung up on worrying about yeah. the results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We got, we got a couple comments in here. Um, um, Aditya said, uh, oh it's, goodness. it's honestly more fun having that trust in the process or process. Um, and it's, it's like a fun treasure hunt and a creativity exercise every single shoot. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, yes, a hundred percent. And Nada said, like you are dealing with people and people are unpredictable and you have to be adaptable, um, yes. which, yeah, you can't, can't be so stiff and rigid. And I mean, maybe for like an editorial shoot or something that like you're aiming for these three photos in the hour and that's, what's going to be in the magazine or whatever. Um, that's, that's something different, but with, with people, they are unpredictable and you may get a couple who is a little standoffish from each other and not comfortable with PDA and they don't like to put arms around each other. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to be adaptable. We're going to have to do something yeah, fun exactly. to get like their relationship out. Yeah. Uh, and the only way uh, yeah, to adapt like is to expose yourself to the unknown, right? Like you can't yeah. even whether we're talking about physiological adaptation or mental adaptation, they both only happen by being, exposed yeah. right mm-hmm. you need to be adapted to so yeah and uh, i think like, that's that's what that's what kids do right they're constantly being exposed to new things and having to adapt and they so don't it's always an adventure i mean that's the definition of adventure right the outcome is unknown i think there's a, there's a different um feel a different sense of excitement going into uh, a wedding or a shoot um feeling that sense of adventure like what's going to happen <laughs> right mm-hmm. versus right, right. that sense of like um, pressure of like, I have to like perform. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, one, well, one another thing I was going to say, cause I did say there yeah. was going to be two things about the child, you know, that childlike curiosity is right. the other thing is kids don't, they don't judge things the same way as we do as adults, right? They don't judge humans the same way. They mm. don't judge situations the same way. Um, and I feel <clears throat> the biggest barrier most of us have as photographers is our own personal judgments, right? So when we, when we um, are unhappy with our results, it's because we're not making the right judgments in the actual scenario, or we're making, we're, we're either not making the right judgments or we're making the wrong judgments. One of the two, right? Mm-hmm. So we all put ourselves into these boxes of, judgment and the only thing that takes us out of our box and into another box or out of a box completely is imagining yourself if you didn't judge the way you currently judge and kids do this all the time right they play house they play games where they put themselves in a scenario where they're judging the world from an imaginary place like to me last week we went to our cottage in Ontario and he spent the entire time pretending he was an astronaut. So he was judging the world from an astronaut's perspective, which was pretty fun for him. And I'm not saying we should do this at weddings because that would be ridiculous, (laughs) but 
we could imagine judging this scenario as the father of the bride, or we could imagine judging this scenario as the kid who's really bored. We can, mm. we have that ability, but it take it takes conscious intention and me- to mental, actually do it. Yeah. And certain mental cues that can help. It does this, it does this when we, yeah. we open our, our lens from, you know, all of the conscious or unconscious preconceived uh, like biases that we view everything uh, through, right? And we're searching for the way we think it should look. Um, yeah. When when we can flick that mental switch somehow to just kind of um, see and appreciate things that we hadn't before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and and like Erica, like you were saying, being open to seeing through the eyes of more than just the the couple. Yeah, because uh, a lot of times we're just focused on the couple. It's like there's oh, yeah. their day. We're going to yeah. get a thousand photos of just them <laughs> and we're going to follow them around, you know, documentary style, whatever. But we forget about what about the father of the bride? Like what is this like his only daughter? Is this his baby? Is yeah. this, you know, what does the day look like through his eyes? Was the day look like through the flower girl? And yeah. like like one of my favorite photos of y'all's is the. uh the the little girl getting her hair done oh, and y'all yeah. are like down by her like, foot yeah. and yes yeah, yeah just completely bored yeah. and I'm like yeah that's a kid on a wedding day like uh-huh. it is not exciting yeah. it's like okay cool I get to throw some flowers but that's like in five yeah. hours oh yeah and yeah like that kind of stuff it it brings more of the day to life than just what what the couple is seeing through their day and, yeah and I I love that. Um, we did get a quick question before we kind of like go into the next little bit. Um, uh, and I may be uh, mispronouncing your name, so I would say correct me, but you're not, Yeah. (laughs) I guess you could uh, type in the phonetic spelling. Um, so I think Stathis, um, or Stathis, uh, says, what about when you don't have enough time for like those, uh, building those that that creativity and, and that kind of stuff yeah. that we were talking about yes. earlier. Yeah. What if you have like Perfect question. For the wedding day? Perfect question for right now, because Eric is just talking about judgment, uh-huh. right? That's a judgment that we, whether or not we have enough time, that is our judgment of a situation. Well, yes, yes, for sure. Right. But yes, time is very important for us as wedding photographers. And a lot of us, I feel set ourselves up for failure by limiting our packages to six hours or limiting our packages to eight hours. Now that is fine. If wedding photography is a job for you, but my feeling is that if you're listening to this podcast, wedding photography is more than a job, right? So wedding photography is maybe more of a career or more of a calling to you. And if that's the case, then you're, you're, you're finding deeper meaning from your work and you're wanting to improve, right? If it's, I'm, there's nothing wrong with it if it is just a job. And, and we have sessions that we feel like are just jobs and others that are more, we can grow more. But yeah. so how are you setting yourself up so that you are setting yourself up for success? So we've got a free chapter released right now on our course. It's the bride prep section. Um, behind the scenes. And I, I literally do four and a half hours of bride prep, not because I'm really want to be there for four and a half hours, but because I know my creativity does need time and creativity does, it does need time. Like, um, so 
there are some proactive measures that you can take to set yourself up for success in that regard, uh, to be creative, give yourself the time and the freedom. So, but there are times often when we do not have time and that's when we fall back onto our skills as a craftsperson, right? And we're not looking for anything crazy and artistic, but we know we've got the skills that we can pull it off. Yeah. Right. Like we can repeat a concept that we've already done before. Um, we can, you know, just rely on our skills as a craftsperson as opposed to an artist when we are strapped for time. But we still keep that artist mindset, which means we're open and present and we're looking, we're looking for things because there's still stuff that's gonna come up that you know we can we can be open to noticing. But, but, but- you know, I mean, that question could be taken all sorts of different ways, you know, because we never have, or often we don't have the time, right? Yeah. There wasn't enough time for me to get that moment, right? Oh yeah. I mean, how often does that happen? Oh. How many, how often do we miss things? Hundreds of times. Didn't line up quite, quite right because there wasn't enough time. Or, and we're talking hundreds of times on a wedding day. Yeah. Or we're yeah. talking about portraits and for whatever reason, we only had 15 minutes and so we do what we can do. So that's the story of what photography is. Yeah. Um, we, we have time. to live with not enough time over and over and over again throughout the entire day. And so that's where focusing on your pro- trusting in your process versus the results helps because you're going to miss all kinds of shit and you're not going to have time to do what you wanted to do or catch what you wanted to catch. And if I'm worried constantly about the results, that's when we're kicking ourselves in the ass. We're overpaying mm-hmm. for all of these misses throughout the day but and it's affecting, sorry, just, and, and so it's affecting our performance, but Whereas if I can just trust in the process, do the right things, that's going to. I just want to add to that before you go on, because you said we're overpaying for our misses, but we're also overpaying for what we get. That's right. Yes. Like people think, oh, I'm so hard on myself and I I should be happy with, you know, like whether or not you're giving yourself a high five, like I rocked this shot or down on yourself about I missed this shot. Both of those mindsets are taking you out of the moment. Both yeah, of them yeah. are results. Both right? of them are results. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> the, the, that's a long winded way of trying to say, stay present in the moment in your job um, versus worrying about what's coming out of your camera. But before, oh, yeah. before the shoot, try and set yourself up for success so yeah. that you do have that time to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like on a wedding day, if you know, if you got the timeline and you're like, okay, it looks like I'm only going to have 15 minutes for portraits plan ahead. And like have that in, in your process of, of going through the day to where you're not like, oh yeah, 15 minutes, what am I going to do? And you have your, you know, aim for like your few shots that you want to get. And then if you get extra time to do extra, that's awesome. If it leads into something else, that's great. Um, but yeah, following set your clients' expectations regards to it, right? Like if we have yes. 15 minutes for portraits, I actually love it because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have a conversation with the client and I'll be like, are portraits a high priority for you? If they say yes, then I say, well, 15 minutes is not enough. We won't get a lot of variety in that time. Yeah. If they're a high priority, we we need, a, we need about an hour. I'm like, if they're a low, if they're not a high priority for you, that's totally fine. We're, we don't even have to do any portraits, mm-hmm. but we have to set their expectations with regards to that before the actual wedding. And if mm-hmm. they're got 15 minutes and they know they're not getting a lot of variety, I'm like, 
well, the pressure's off because they know we only have 15 minutes and if they're unhappy with the portraits, you can say, well, we had this conversation yeah. before the wedding. Right. And, and you're yeah. right, boil it down, make it simple for yourself. Three shots, three portraits. Yeah. Mantelpiece, up close connection, far away in the environment. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Get, yeah. get those three and then, and then that's good. And yeah, like setting those expectations beforehand, then you're not, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to be those, those uh, judgments that you're holding on yourself of, well, they're expecting all of these photos. Yeah. They're not now they may be, but they shouldn't because you've already talked to them and said 15 minutes, we're going to for sure get these three shots. We may get extra. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, before, before we wrap this up, which I, it's crazy that we've already been talking so long. I, just I know, I know. 45 minutes just goes like, I know. Stop. Yeah. Super yeah. quick. Um, but before we kind of get into the end of the show, I don't know if you can hear my daughter. She's at the door right now. <laughs> um, she just turned one like two weeks ago. Yeah. It's already oh, wow. been two weeks. Okay. Um, but uh, tell, tell us a, a little bit about two man you and I know, I know that's like a huge, uh, broad question, but like, where, where did that come with, or really like, what is something that you want the, the students of two man, you to, to come away with after going through your course? Oh gosh. Well, well, two man, you, <laughs> that may even be a broader question, huge, but two man, you is basically a 14 week sem semester course where we teach everything i mean everything we know about the craft and the art and the industry of photography and the reason why it's so long is because nothing in life exists in isolation right the way you parent affects the way you run a business the way you run a business affects the way you parent like every the way you eat affects your you know everything interconnected. is interconnected and it's same mm -hmm. with photography right so we couldn't teach how to use your flash without first teaching why and when to use your flash without first teaching your mindset and approach in our philosophy without teaching post-production. So it's without all, teaching natural light. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's all it sort of uh, packaged together in this 14 week sort of semester course. Um, and, and students go through with a cohort of students, but it's, but it's um, yes, but because it's an online course, you can do it at your own pace and on your own time, right? We we go through the 14 weeks kind of on pace with the students so that we can do the live Q and A's, right? So mm -hmm. as they're going through, we can face-to-face -face address the questions and clarify things and go off on all the tangents, just like it would be in, a, in an in-person workshop as the questions come up. But we have students who go ahead, right? We have students who they're too busy right now. They wait. So mm -hmm. they have a, a full year mm -hmm. to make their way through the, the entire course. Mm -hmm. um, so it's both, it's the online course, but it's also that community face-to-face -face interaction. Yeah. And I would say the one thing I hope people are, or the students would get from it is, I mean, they're all going to be different, but I, I'd hope it all relates back to seeing the seeing and experiencing the world differently. Um, mm -hmm. Right. And, and we used to, we used to almost curse ourselves because we, we'd see the world as photographers, right. We'd see the world as light and shadow and, you know, we'd be out in a park with the kids and we just notice these amazing shards of light. And we used to think this would take us out of the moment. Reflections everywhere. And, but, yeah. 
really what we've learned to do is really appreciate the way we see the world as a photographer. And there are things I notice, not just with regards to light and shadow, but with regards to moments and gestures and movement in the branches of trees that I know I would never notice if I weren't a photographer. Mm -hmm. And so our, our goal is really to change the way people see the world and experience. Yeah. And I I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just say change necessarily, or even deeper than that, it's to see the way you see the The world world and, and, and learn to, to see that and appreciate that. I mean, it becomes, I mean, that this is why it can be so much bigger than photography. This shapes the way you experience life, right? The way that the way you observe, right. And the way you look at situations with curiosity and as a photographer, well, any artist, really, whether we're talking photographer, writer, painter, they're all just really good observers, right? They Mm -hmm. all observe different things. Like you, you look at a writer's description of a character or uh, the, the, the way they develop a character, it all boils down to observation. Mm -hmm. And that's same with photography. And it's same with, with artists, artists, painters, you know, they observe something that nobody else observes. And so that's really what the course is. Yeah. And and observing something is very different than looking for something. Often Mm -hmm. as photographers, we go into our sets, we go into our weddings, looking Mm -hmm. for something we're looking for. We have expectations, preconceptions around what it should be. Observing is very different. Yeah. Yeah. Observing what actually is. Um, So, so that's, and I, I would say also, um, wrap it up up. i'm just thinking about this bigger like huge question of what's the one thing we hope students can come away with is that absolutely also just just leaning into the struggle of what we do as Mm -hmm. um as as artists it's it's part of the magic is uh like erica talked about the unknowing is is if we if we can just stop fighting uh in this never-ending quest for answers if we can um learn to kind of harness that as part of what we do. Um, I think that would be one of the goals too. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I, and I, I love that Lanny, you mentioned the, you know, looking is not observing because that's what I feel like I got a lot out of two man. You was, I had just been looking at things like walking into a scene at a wedding and I'm just looking and I'm like, okay, what, where's the best light. And it was just like that kind of looking. Mm-hmm. And now I walk in and I'm observing and I'm looking at the, the relationships between like, who is this person here? You know, Mm -hmm. is this, is this a friend of like 18 years or is this, you know, someone, a coworker or who is this? And like, what are the relationships going on? And then also observing the light. I mean, like you were saying in just your day-to-day life, I was sitting on the couch I don't know. It was while going through two man U this spring and, um, and I was just sitting there and like, it was, it was late in the day and our old place had one window in the living room. It was very dark. We were depressed the whole time. Uh, very happy to live in a place with windows now. Um, but it, the, the sun was like coming in through just like this little sliver across like hitting my son who was holding our, you know, about six month old at the time. And they were just sitting there and I was just like seeing the light hit them and observing that moment. And like, whenever he would like rock back and forth, like he was going into the shadow and then come back out. And it was like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have 
observed this yeah. and we've just seen it and been like, that's a sweet moment. But, yeah. but yeah, like changing the way that you observe things. Yeah. Um, I, I have felt, yeah, experiencing more. Mm-hmm. And, and it's as like a photographer. A snapshot of the, the sunrise versus watching the sunrise. It's a mindset shift. Yes. And, and you yes. know what's interesting is sometimes you end up with the same results, right? Like, uh-huh. like when I took photos of this, that sunrise, like I've been trying to do it more intentionally now watching the sunrise. Like the snapshot I took is no different really than when I experience it more. But but the process is so much more fulfilling. Fulfilling. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I mean, that, that mindset shift is huge. It, it's, you know, difference between walking into a situation or, or a, a scene and thinking, Oh shit. Versus. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely caused me to ask more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and to not just feel like I, Oh, oh, I know the, I know the answer to this. I'm going to go ahead and do this, but just ask, what should I do? Yeah. Or should I do anything? Should I just wait? And, and waiting for moments as well. I mean, there's, there's so many things I could, I could go on. Asking that's Uh, such a good point. Like asking the right questions because people in general are looking for answers, but it's never Mm -hmm. about the answer. It's never, ever, ever about the answer. It's about the right question. Yeah. Which is. And one of the most powerful questions we can ask is, what if? Yeah. That's that. What if? What if I viewed, I this, viewed this differently? differently? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. That is so good. Um, before we kind of wrap up and we can let everyone know, you know, how to follow you guys, where to find two men, you, the, the free uh, chapters that y'all were talking about, um, which I highly suggest uh, checking out those. Uh, it's very, very great content. Um, what are some things that y'all are loving this week? Uh, could be, you know, movies, books, TV shows, uh, could be a new food or coffee or whatever. Um, do y'all have anything that you're loving this week that comes to mind? Yeah, I, I know we kind of talked about this early on, like, oh yeah, we have to <laughs> think about the question. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me, honestly, is, I mean, what am I enjoying most this week is, mm-hmm. Our, my runs getting out. Um, it's a great time of year here. Uh, yeah. It's not too cold yet. Uh, there's snow up high, but it's still dry in the valleys. So it can tra- run the trails. Bears are starting to go into hibernation. So I'm a little less worried. Some safer um, runs. But that's I'm what lo- I'm enjoying. I'm loving this book right now. It's okay. a nonfiction. It's all about writing. Uh, okay. Parallels between writing and photography are amazing. Um, and I'm enjoying writing lately as well. So anybody yeah. that's in improving their writing skills, this is really, really good. Okay. Could, could you uh, read off down the bones. Writing down the, down the bones. Okay. By Natalie Goldberg. Okay. Awesome. Writing down that's, the That's good. I've, I've been interested in, in writing more uh recently i was never like as a kid i was i was not good uh at at writing at speaking uh english all that all that kind of like i was good at like math and science and i've been much more interested and i think it's probably because of photography and and wanting to tell stories that i'm like it would be interesting to to write some stories or to like just uh, know know more about writing so i'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check out that book and I will have link a link to that in the, the show notes for everyone else who's, who's interested as well. 
Um, okay, what am I loving? Uh, what are you loving? I'm loving a podcast that is is recently back. They kind of took a break. There was some drama with uh, with one of the co-hosts and yeah. some some stuff with the uh, uh, the studio, but um, it's called Reply All, Reply and All. they do very interesting um, uh, like uh, journalistic views into different stories and it's all like internet adjacent um so the one they actually had uh they come out on thursdays we're recording this on a thursday is it thursday yeah okay yes. uh and um and yeah the the one today was about uh like tiktok and not about like the dancing and stuff but about how there was a hashtag that turned into um like where where kids were like stealing masks and stuff from their school and then hashtagging this thing and then um mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil the episode or anything but like it moved on from uh from kids creating stuff to like adults creating things that kids could do to like warn other adults like the kids are out here doing this and really it was like an adult that was like starting this hashtag trying to like I don't know mm-hmm. shut down TikTok or or whatever, but like they do a lot of really interesting stories. Not all of them are social media. Um, you know, a lot of them. Uh, some of my favorite are uh, super tech support episodes where someone like writes into the show with, a, uh, you know, uh, there was there was someone who had a uh, one of one of my favorite episodes, and I will find the actual episode like number and everything for the show do notes. It, I got an hour um, drive this afternoon. Ooh, okay. Right. Okay, yes, cool. I will I will share it with you after after we, awesome. we end recording. Here in the, in the yeah, chat. yeah, I will. Um, but it was it was an episode about like someone had sent in. They used a uh, a white noise app on their phone yeah. to help them go to sleep. Yeah. And there was one that sounded like rain dropping, and and then they could hear a conversation in the background toward the end, like after five minutes or something. There was like this really faint conversation in like Russian or something you could barely make it out and they thought they were just like hallucinating as they were falling asleep (laughs) and they sent it in to reply all and then the reply all team searched down like the the app creator where they sourced their sounds from and then actually found who recorded the sound and then found out what they were talking about in that thing and like where they recorded the sound and all that is like crazy crazy uh research and like finding all this stuff um and that's like most of their episodes are are that kind of like really in depth um but yeah it's called reply all um and yeah i'll have that episode in the the show notes as well um but yeah awesome well cool well thank you all so much for for being on the show and having this this conversation and um where where can people find y'all where can they follow along where can they find uh two men you well i'm assuming most of the people listening are probably photographers in which case the best place to follow us uh is two man workshops it's called two man workshops it's a group on facebook which is where we've got four free workshops that we've done in the past month there they're all under announcements there's one on light one not called announcements anymore. one on light one on composition one on moments and one called two men and the holy grail for those monty python fans out there yes that was a good Uh, one i appreciated that one (laughs) yeah and then two man you can be found at 
T-W-O-M-A-N-N-U.com. Yeah. And, and that's right now. So enrollment doesn't open until November 9th. So until then, all of the buttons at twomenu.com go to that free class, actually two free classes from the actual two-menu course. Yeah. And one of them is actually behind the scenes during bride prep at a real wedding. So yeah, um, yeah it's, a it's, it's a great opportunity to just yeah. to, to get, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. until November 9th, anyone can go and check that out. Yeah. So. And it's literally, we've chose that chapter because, you know, we get a couple thousand people watching this free chapter and we know less than, 3% of them are going to buy the course, but we want that chapter to be as valuable for those couple thousand people as possible. Like it's not, yeah. it's, it's just some good hearty content. You'll feel better about yourself as a wedding photographer yes. after watching it. You'll <laughs> yeah. see that we all struggle and that we all suck. And yeah. 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 I and love November it. November 9th is when enrollment um, opens. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. Um, Eric and I have looked at our schedules the amount of uh, time investment required for us to to do a semester with the students is insane. Um, and given the weddings that we have coming up, we're not going to be opening for enrollment again until late 2022 or early 2023. So, okay. This yeah. is it. So this is, this is your shot. If you want to get in the next year. Now's the time. Um, yeah. yeah. Which I, I highly recommend it. If you are on the fence, uh, if you've already watched the video and and you're like, okay, I don't know. Is it a good investment? Um, I, I took it. It's, it's a hundred percent, a good investment. I, I loved it. I've come out a completely different photographer, um, and for the better, I think. Um, and, and it's, I, like you were saying, like watching the behind the scenes and seeing y'all's like, um, before and after photos, even like during the dance floor, I'm like, Oh, your before photos don't look too much different than mine. That's yeah. awesome. There's like your whole editopia thing is just a game changer too. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, November 9th, um, go, go check it out. Well, yes. awesome. Cool. And well, before yeah. November 9th, cause that's how you can and watch before. the free, That's how you can watch yes. the free plans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank y'all so much. I've I really enjoyed this conversation. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. John. Thanks John. Seriously, y'all, I mean, come on. If you didn't take all the notes during that conversation, um, just grab a pen real quick, grab pen, paper, maybe your phone if you're not driving or something, and just replay uh, because it was so packed. Uh, I just love their approach to photography and being in the moment instead of like shooting at the moments. Um, and you can you can really tell from their photos if you have not already followed them at uh, Two Man Studios on Instagram or join their Facebook group, um, or if you haven't seen their photos shared on our Instagram, um, definitely go check them out. You can you can for sure see that. Um, I also cannot recommend uh, Two Man U enough. Uh, it has been a game changer for me. Um, and I'm not getting paid to say this, so you know it's authentic. Uh, but anyway, you can find all the things in today's show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 87, including a link to their free bridal prep class from Two Man U. This podcast was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. You can join us for the next live podcast and ask your questions in the Facebook group by searching for the Light and Dark Photography Podcast group on Facebook. 
All the ads in today's episode are affiliate partnerships, which means that we get a few dollars when you check them out. Um, it's a great way for you to get a great deal from our sponsors um, and also support this podcast. This episode was edited by me, John Mansfield, um, and our theme song is by the talented John Isaac. You can follow the show on Instagram at Light Dark Co. Erica and Lanny are at Two Man Studios, and that's man with two ends. And you can find me at All Heart Photo. If you have enjoyed today's episode, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram, post it in your stories. Be sure to tag us uh, so that we can see it. We can share some love. We can uh, retweet you. Tweet? We're not on Twitter. I never got on Twitter. Uh, we can reshare, repost. I think that's what they call it. I don't know. I'll I'll share it to my stories. That's it. Um, I'd love to connect with you. Until next week, I'll see you. Bye.